Welcome to the Swine Health Black Belt Podcast, the latest swine health research digested for you. Swine Health Black Belt Podcast is only possible with the support and trust of innovative companies like United Animal Health, scientifically better. Learn more at unitedanh.com. At JBI, we apply biosecurity innovation and expertise to keep your operations safe. SCA Ventilation and Management Solutions, made for farmers by farmers since 1966. Elbiotics, the postbiotic pioneer that helps maintain a healthy gut in pigs. Beringer Ingelheim, through innovative solutions, cutting-edge research, and world-class experts, Beringer Ingelheim helps producers operate with complete confidence. Learn more at swineresource.com. My name is Dr. Clayton Johnson, and I'm your host for today's episode. Today's episode is a special second edition of our interview with Dr. Dustin Bowler of Carthage Innovative Swine Solutions. Dr. Bowler has prepped us in part one on what it takes to establish a solid swine research program for your team, and we're going to go into a little more detail on that today. Now, I would encourage you, if you have not listened to part one of our interview with Dr. Bowler, go ahead and hit pause on this episode and go back to last week's episode. Go check out our release from last Friday with Dr. Dustin Bowler. Listen to part one first, and then you'll find it smoothly transitions here into our, our deep dive into running a research program in a commercial swine production system. Without further ado, let's dive into it with Dr. Dustin Bowler. Who's your customer, Dustin? Who are you doing research for? Yeah, so we, our research falls into largely three buckets uh, for the most part. Um, most of our research is, is nutrition related. And so, as I mentioned, we have a team of nutritionists uh, within the Carthage system. We work very, very closely to them. That could be uh, manipulation of nutrients, uh, lysine titration studies, as an example. Uh, it could be such that we have a sponsor that has feed additives that they want to test their compound within uh, a certain scenario. So a majority of our research is nutrition-based. Um, the second largest bucket then would be health. Uh, and so keeping pigs healthy, raising pigs humanely, um, obviously is the primary objective of everyone in the swine industry. Uh, and so we interact with pharmaceutical companies. We interact with, again, uh, if you've got a swine health group, um, we conduct research on their behalf as well. And then the last is kind of everything else. Uh, and so we might do uh, space allocation or a feed type study or perhaps a new technology. Um, and so really anything that you can think of uh, within reason that involves whether it's sow research, whether it's wean to finish research, uh, regardless of what that might be, we try to, uh, to do our best to, to, to at least spend some effort in, in that demographic. I know a lot of producers have a research barn, you know, most times wean to finish, I think. What what really um, is unique about the research assets or the research program that you oversee? What differentiates what you can do for those customers relative to anybody else who happens to have a research barn? Yep, absolutely. So field trials are, are absolutely imperative. They're very valuable. They give you a peek into the system, usually within your system. And so what's unique about Carthage or what's unique about any research, uh, formal research program is the ability to con uh, control variation uh, and the ability to make a formal comparison. And so if you think about in a field trial, 
Um, and we've got a, a feed additive as an example that we're going to try. And we only have one feed system. Well, all of the pigs in that barn are going to be fed that feed compound. And we're going to compare those data relative to historical norms. And that's a great peak. It's a great snapshot of, of how that molecule or that feed additive may respond. But there's a lot of other things that contribute to variability. It could be seasonality. It could be genetics. It could be water quality. It could be general health of the pigs. There's lots of other confounding factors that may contribute either to a response or a lack of response. So when you get into a formal research uh, scenario, we can control variability and we can make a formal comparison between the feed additive or the not, um, the actual uh, test subject, if you will, and really get a scientific answer to those comparisons where in, in a field study scenario, it's, it's more of an implied response. So you've got a customer, you know, presumably uh, in some cases, somebody with something that they want to test, right? A product or a strategy that they want to test out. You do the work for them, you know, unbiased and objective. You get the measurements. What happens then? Who, who takes that information and makes decisions with it? And then how does that information get communicated? Yep. So the, the normal process of a research project is, is kind of in four stages. And so most is the planning. And actually, the, the best portion of uh, the best way to uh, result in a successful research project is, is a lot of planning on the beginning. And so a lot of times you might hear uh, Peter the fifth. And if you know what Peter the fifth, that's proper planning prevents poor performance. Um, and so we'll sit down before we ever run a study and we'll really try to define the objective of that study as clearly as we possibly can. Because if we get the objective defined very clearly, that helps us design uh, the research experiment so that we're truly testing that objective. We've got all of our data. And then to your question, what happens to that is that it comes back. And as I said, our team has been growing. And we've just recently added a data analysis team. That data analysis team takes all of those data and goes through a data cleaning process. And so we're human, uh, mistakes are made, outliers, uh, recording errors, all those kinds of things. And so the first thing that the data team will do is go through and try to find any mistakes or omissions or outliers. Maybe we've got a super prolific sow in there that her data are completely accurate, uh, but she's a, a rock star. So maybe you don't want her in your data set, we'll clean through those. Um, and then we actually have uh, a statistician uh, on the team that will actually analyze those data, summarize them from a statistical standpoint, then we share those data with a sponsor and say, okay, this is what we think and in our scientific expert opinions, uh, these are our conclusions for the, for the data based on the trial that we just executed. And from there, it's up to the sponsor. They own the data, they own uh, the, the results that we have provided them and what they choose to do with them is certainly up to them. And talk a little bit about the confidentiality, Dustin, because I know that's always a surprise for, for some of your customers. They may chat with me at an industry meeting and say, hey, what do you think of that trial that Dustin and his team are doing? And my response is always, I have no idea what you're talking about, right? They're always very surprised by that. But talk about why that's important and how you guys try to maintain that confidentiality, certainly being a part of the Carthage system, even you know from the, the parts that aren't Carthage Innovative Swine Solutions. Yeah, that's a great question. It's a great point. Confidentiality is absolutely imperative for a lot of reasons. One, we fully appreciate that if a sponsor is coming to us with a trial, they are trying to provide themselves a competitive advantage. I get that, and that makes a lot of sense. But a lot of the confidentiality and the reason that confidentiality is so important goes back to one of your previous questions is 
what happens if we run something that uh, run a research project that actually has a negative impact on productivity? And so the confidentiality gives a sponsor uh, a level of confidence and a, hopefully a level of comfort that they can try something. If they've got a molecule that they know is right on the cusp, um, but maybe they don't have it dialed in exactly right, that they can run a research project uh, risk-free essentially uh, and say, it worked, we're ready for the big time, or mm, we're not quite there yet, we need to go back and tweak that project. And they can do that without any kind of negative, negative stigma that might, might creep out into the industry. And if somebody has a bad experience with a product before it ever gets started, it can be very difficult for them to uh, get that uh, product, get a second opportunity, right? It's, you never get the chance to make a first, second chance to make a first impression. Um, and so it gives uh, those sponsors an opportunity to, to test some things risk-free that they may not have the opportunity to do if it's in a field trial. Very good. Lasonia infection poses a major threat to pig gut health, negatively impacting performance and the ability to fend off other pathogens. Fight Lasonia at the site of infection with Enterosol ileitis from Behringer Ingelheim, a convenient oral vaccine that stimulates a direct immune response. Talk to your Behringer Ingelheim representative to learn more. United Animal Health has been innovating nutrition that feeds the animals that feed the world since 1956. Now a multinational ag biosciences company, we help people impact the health of their animals with less labor, less variation, less drag, less challenge, and less natural resources. Learn more at unitedanh.com. What's the hardest part about running a research program, Dustin? <laughs> what is this? How does the saying goes? Pigs are easy, people are difficult. Uh, and so it's, it's one of those things that um, it, it takes a lot of people. It takes a lot of coordination. Uh, it takes a lot of competing objectives. And so, it's, it, again, it goes back to what we discussed uh, just a second ago, that the planning portion and getting that objective crystal clear at the very beginning uh, from running a research project is important because if you don't do that piece, uh, obviously a veterinarian may have one objective with a research trial, a nutritionist may have a different objective with that trial. If we're sending those pigs to a packer, they may have a different objective with those trials. And if we're trying to meet everybody's uh, expectations at once, it's likely that we, we don't meet any. Uh, and so good clear communication establishing that objective on the front really determining what your outcome is and what that outcome looks like is in my opinion the most difficult piece of, of running a research trial thank you dr bowler for your expertise and sharing with us on what it takes to run a commercial swine production research program i want to thank you for coming on to the show for this two-part series on uh, running a, a research program and to our audience thank you for listening to the swine health black belt podcast if you have not visited us at our website, please check us out at swinehealthblackbelt.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you won't miss out on our next episode soon to come next week. Thanks, everybody, and please have a great rest of your week. Hey, everyone. We're always searching for the latest and greatest research to share each week. If you have a swine health-related research trial and would like to come on the show to talk about it with me and share it with our audience, feel free to send an email to healthblackbelt at swineit.com, and we would love to take a look at your research.